Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi everyone, and welcome to Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. I'm Dominique, Dr. Leaf's daughter and podcast producer. Today's episode is a re-airing of one of our most popular episodes from 2019. In this episode, Dr. Leaf gives practical and simple tips on how to stop overthinking and how to know the difference between overthinking and deep thinking, which is actually really good for you. If you liked today's episode, please consider leaving a five-star review and don't forget to subscribe and keep sharing this podcast on social media and with friends and family. Now, a quick word from one of our sponsors and then on to today's episode. We all want to do the right thing to keep our bodies healthy in the long run. But even if we really try hard to eat kale salads and drink green smoothies, we're still most likely not getting all of the essential nutrients we need on a daily basis. Enter Ritual, the obsessively researched vitamin for women. Ritual's essentials have the nutrients most of us don't get enough of from food, all in their clean, absorbable forms. No shady additives or ingredients that can do more harm to your body than good. I chose to take Ritual because after extensive research on the best multivitamins and supplements, Ritual was the clear winner. Ritual also makes getting all my nutrients simple, and since taking essential for women, I have noticed any improvement in my mood, sleep, skin and hair quality. And right now Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com forward slash Dr. Leaf to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. Is overthinking bad? And how can we deal with overthinking and over? analyzing. I don't know about you, but I certainly need this information. I find that what I'm about to share with you is something that I live in my own life. And I've applied the principles not only with myself and my family, but also with all the patients that I worked with for so many years. So I hope this information is going to be helpful to you. So let's start by defining overthinking and overanalyzing. What is overthinking and overanalyzing? Basically, it's replaying scenarios over and over and over again from something that has just happened. So let's say that you're in a conversation with maybe a family member or someone at work or someone in just a friend. And they say something that like really or something happens in in the discussion that just like throws you. And you find yourself going away from that discussion and you just find yourself thinking, not, it's like almost non-productive. It's just that you keep on replaying that over and over and over in your head. You just take those words and those sentences and that scenario and you just keep thinking about it over and over and over and over. And then you find yourself moving into this next phase of overthinking, which is thinking about every and all possible outcomes and the scenarios. 
you go from replaying to now thinking of the scenarios. So then you start imagining, thinking of scenarios as you're imagining. So they say this, and then you say that, and then they say this, and then you say that. They say this, and you say that. So you imagine these different scenarios, and you find yourself creating like a little movie in your head of what they're saying, what you're saying, what they're saying. And you actually don't know what they're going to say because you only know what you're going to say. And you don't even know what you're going to say in those situations. But you create these scenarios and then you think about them so much. And as you are creating them and thinking about them, you're actually building that into your brain and into your mind. So you're creating a physical structural change in your brain. And that can actually then, whatever you think about the most will grow. So the more you think about it, the more it grows, the more energy it gets, and the more real it feels. And then it becomes quite hard. And that kind of takes us to the third phase of what overthinking and analyzing, overanalyzing becomes. And that is not letting something go. And that's because we've now built this into our brain, built this into our mind, and we've given it a lot of energy. Why on earth do we do this? Because it's certainly not going to help in the situation, nor is it going to make us feel very good. Very often, there's several several reasons why we do this. And the first reason is that very often it's because we're trying to process, we're trying to understand something that either you have done or someone else has done or said, especially if it's out of the norm. Anything out of the norm, anything that's hurtful, painful, that goes against our natural wired for love or optimism structure is going to grab our attention. And this is because we don't have wiring for anything toxic. And because our wiring inside of us is to naturally try and make things move towards the positive. So anything that's that's maybe suffering or anxiety or anything that's kind of toxic, our natural instinct is to grab that and to try and redesign that into something that's positive. But we don't always follow that natural instinct of making it something positive. We very often get stuck in just the negative of it. And that's the overthinking and over over analyzing that I spoke about in the definition. So point number one in summary is trying to process and understand something that's out of the norm. So it's not normal for this negative thing. So we try and process it. And the overanalyzing and overthinking is a way of doing that. The second reason is that there's no closure. We haven't found closure on something. So maybe someone said something that the conversation carried on, but it just didn't get, you didn't get closure on a point of that conversation or something that happened in a meeting or a family event or, and you just, things carried on, the conversation carried on or the event carried on or the meeting carried on. You didn't feel closure. You felt like there's something not closed and you weren't given maybe the opportunity to talk enough about it or to communicate with the person or persons or just sort that out. So it's kind of this loose end. And so therefore, we find that we can, that can very often lead to overthinking and overanalyzing. Third thing is that when we feel like we have to defend ourselves, so if we feel like we've been put on the defense, so that you feel like you've been attacked, we defend when we feel like we've been attacked. So something could have been said, something could have been done, something in the meeting, the family conversation, the conversation with a loved one or a friend or whatever the situation was, was something was said that made you feel defensive. And so you feel like you have to defend yourself and perhaps you didn't get the opportunity to defend yourself in that conversational situation. And so you've gone from that situation, you're now out of it, you're back home or you're in your car or you're in your back in your office and you feel like you haven't, you weren't able to defend yourself. 
So you still feel attacked and you, and that's put you in a sense into that fight and flight syndrome. So you've got a physical reaction in your body. You've got your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems kind of going crazy and what we call your HPA axis kind of going crazy. And that those are signals for you that something's not complete and you need, you didn't defend yourself. You didn't justify whatever. The fourth reason we may feel like something is not fair. So that's thrown things out of equilibrium. The conversation, maybe what was said to you was not fair, but on the spot, you just couldn't think of an answer. Or maybe it only hit you after the conversation. That's happened to me quite often where it only hits you after this, that you're feeling uncomfortable because what was said was not fair. And so there's a desire to restore the equilibrium that this unfairness has created. And very often it may have been fair, but it just required a conversation and that conversation didn't happen. So you sort of overplaying, you know, the overthinking, overanalyzing. Fifth reason is that making assumptions about nonverbal cues. 50% of communication is nonverbal. And because we because 50% is nonverbal, we read the nonverbal cues, but we can also misread them. Sometimes someone can look at you in a certain way and you think, well, they're looking at you in a weird way when they're not looking at you in a weird way. So we've made an assumption about a nonverbal cue that isn't actually real. And we come away thinking, well, they were saying one thing, but they meant something else. And very often you could be, it could be correct, but we can make mistakes in our assumptions about what people are saying. And it's very, it's a very good idea in that situation to have maybe said, is this what you mean? But you often don't get that opportunity or you don't think about it until afterwards. A lot of these overplaying, overthinking, overanalyzing in your mind often happens after the fact because it suddenly hits us. Why am I feeling? like this. The sixth reason why we do this is not taking responsibility. It's a pure situation that you actually need to take responsibility for your choices and the results of your choices. And you're not doing that and you feel victimized. So you get into that victimization mentality, which is never, ever going to help. Not taking responsibility and victimization is always going to keep you going backwards and stuck and going backwards. You're not going to move forwards. And if you feel that you don't, you know, not taking the responsibility when you overthink and replay, you put yourself in the victim position and that will keep you stuck and can keep you stuck over analyzing to try and justify why you can't take, shouldn't take responsibility. So that's kind of negative. And the seventh reason is that people who are more emotional, sensitive, we're all emotional, we're all sensitive, but some people are, are more and that's not a bad thing if you don't channel it correctly. If you channel it incorrectly, being over-emotional, over-sensitive, and very in touch with your feelings, there could be a tendency to overthink what, you, what you're experiencing. So someone may look at you, and you know, sometimes I do this. I look at people, and I don't even see that they're there, but I'm th busy thinking of something. But I get this kind of weird look in my eyes, and I've often had my family members saying, what's wrong? Why are you looking like that? Or is there something wrong with me? Or are you cross with me? Or And I haven't even, even con they're not even part of the consideration. It's just something that I'm thinking, but because of the way I'm looking, that sense person who's more sensitive may misread that. And if you take that away from a conversation, if you're one of those people and you take what you've misread away from the conversation, you then may t overthink and why did they look at me like that? And why are they, what are they thinking? And are they thinking this? And you get all these scenarios going in your mind and you can work yourself up into a frenzy, build a whole bunch of stuff in your brain that affects your next interaction with that person. So is overthinking and overanalyzing bad? Well, if it's causing feelings of anxiety or unease, yes, because anxiety and unease are indications that you are off balance, that things are, your homeostasis has been um, upset, your equilibrium has been upset, something's going on. Anything that is activating you to feel any level of discomfort is a signal for you to examine what you're thinking about. 
So if you are feeling feelings of anxiety and unease from this overanalyzing and overthinking, then something's not quite right. So you need to analyze your analyzing, which is an interesting thing. You have to be very metacognitive about it. You have to go and really re-look at things. Remember, we need to constantly self-regulate. We need to be constantly aware and in tune all the time with how we are thinking, feeling and choosing. We need to tune into our thoughts. We need to be doing these mental autopsies in order to keep peace inside of our bodies. So when we feel peace, our heart releases a hormone that floods our bodies and it gives us a sense of peace. And when we get that sense of peace, it activates another bunch of chemicals in the brain that help us to think clearer. And if you are overthinking and overanalyzing, the opposite happens. So we always need to listen to that. We need to also be able to differentiate between overthinking and deep thinking. Overthinking is more the negative one and deep thinking is the positive one. So deep thinking is analyzing for the purpose of learning and moving forward. It's building your brain. It's trying to understand the concept. An example of deep thinking would be like you're literally doing a mental autopsy where it's very deliberate, it's very controlled, it's very intentional, it's very systematic, it's not emotionally, toxic emotionally driven, and it's very rational. It's sitting back and saying, okay, I am stuck analyzing that facial expression and that conversation and I'm replaying this and I'm building all these scenarios and it's making me feel awful. So let me deep think through, why am I doing this? Let me be very rational. Let me be very systematic in analyzing, asking, answering, and discussing with myself why I'm being like this. So there I'm using deep thinking to analyze my overthinking. One of my favorite travel hacks and one I always recommend is compression socks. My favorite brand is Comrade Socks. Comrade Socks were great for preventing swelling for more comfortable travel, which is so important for me since I travel so much. Comrade Socks are also great for helping speed up muscle recovery after workouts and so much more. I have been wearing Comrade Socks for a while now and I love them. They're extremely comfortable. I love wearing my socks while traveling, walking with my children, while sitting at my desk doing research and podcasting whenever I can. They come in a range of colors and styles that have the look of a casual sock and are a great gift idea for yourself and for others. And right now, my listeners can get 20% off with the code Dr. Leaf at checkout. Just go to www.comradesocks.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. The link will also be in the show notes. When I was growing up, breakfast cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. But as an adult, you realize that all your favorites were full of sugar and junk that you really shouldn't eat. This episode is sponsored by Magic Spoon, a new company that has recreated your favorite childhood cereals with more protein, less carbs, zero sugar, and nothing artificial. It's also gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, GMO-free, and keto-friendly. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash Dr. Leaf to get a variety pack and try it today. Use the code Dr. Leaf at checkout for free shipping. That's magicspoon.com slash D-R-L-E-A-F. So that's deep thinking moves forward. It reaches a conclusion. It leads to an action. It doesn't keep you stuck in like sinking sand. It's getting out of the sinking sand. It's making a plan to get out of the sinking sand. Versus overthinking, overanalyzing is negative. It's the sinking sand because it's, there's no order. It's chaotic. You get illogical conclusions. You don't feel like you're getting any closure. There's a lot of assumptions which are dangerous. There's a lot of victimization. You always feel hard done by. 
And then, so, so let me give you an example of, of, of this in my own life just very quickly. We were very often, you can, you can find out if you're overanalyzing with your family members. And my extended family, we were visiting them. And, you know, there's, there's always different, well, we have a huge family and there's always someone that you may not get on with as well as with others. And there was one person that I hadn't seen for a while and our, and I, the last few interactions with them hadn't been that good. And there was always this bit of tension between us because even though we love, love each other, there's, there's, there was just always this tension between that that particular person didn't feel like their life was going in the direction that they wanted it to go in. And they always felt like I was just lucky the way my life was going. And so it always created this thing of, well, they felt a bit jealous. And that's what I thought. I thought, oh, well, they're jealous of me. And so it would always make the, I would go into that interaction over analyzing. Well, if she, this facial expression, she's jealous. That statement, she's jealous. That, this. So I was always on the defensive with this person. And Honestly, every interaction for quite a few years was one of overanalyzing and overthinking the scenarios. And then one day, one of my daughters said to me, Mom, you are totally overanalyzing and overthinking this situation. Why don't you look at it from this angle? Maybe she doesn't mean that. Maybe you could actually whatever. And, and I listened to all this advice and I, and I did some deep thinking and I was intentional and systematic and not emotionally driven and kind of worked this out. I transformed my attitude completely. And the next time I saw this person, it was totally different. I was so relaxed. The tension had gone. I found myself looking at her with the, she had the same facial expression that she'd always been, same words, same tone, but it was different. It was different because I was different. And even though she may have felt jealousy or whatever, I don't know, we managed to get into a situation where we were able to communicate. And I cannot tell you how our relationship has improved. So how do we recognize when we are going into toxic overthinking? You can't focus on anything else. So like with my, with, with my situation, I found every time that I was going to meet with this person, I could only think of the negative. Now I have fixed that. So now it doesn't even, it's not even a consideration. There's no threat. There's no anything. I can focus on other things. The second thing, feeling of discomfort, anxiety, and toxic stress. Whenever I was going to meet, meet, be in a situation where I'd be with that person, I was always immediately discomforted, anxious, toxic stress. I don't feel that now. So I knew, I know for myself, and that's just one example, but I've used that now and applied that to other situations in my life where if I can't focus on something else and I'm feeling a lot of discomfort, anxiety, and toxic stress going into a particular situation, then I know that I have created a scenario in my mind from overthinking and overplaying that's influencing how I handle that situation. So what can we do to make sure we don't overthink or overanalyze? First thing, practice deep self-regulated thinking. Practice that deep thinking. Let me just quickly remind you what deep thinking is. It's where you do a mental autopsy, where it's very deliberate, controlled, intentional, and systematic, not emotionally driven, rational thinking. Okay? So practice deep thinking. I have lots of information about this in my materials and my books, which you can go and see at drleaf.com and our store. Lots of all my stuff focuses in different ways on deep thinking. Point two, become very aware of emotional thoughts and bodily reactions. Tune in to your emotions, your thinking and feeling, and tune into your bodily reactions. These are signals for you all the time of when you are out of alignment, out of balance. Breathe and then act. So in other words, instead of just being reactive and just doing something, take that time to breathe, which dissipates cortisol in your brain, calms you down, gives you that moment to just gather your thoughts and then act. Don't just act. Breathe first, breathe deep, think, and then act. Point, the fourth point that you could do, ask for more information. Ask why questions. Make a plan. You might have to get more information from other people, or you may have to get more information from yourself through asking, answering, discussing. discussing. Use why questions and then make a plan. 
Like I made a plan with the situation once my daughter had pointed out to me that I was overthinking the situation. So I asked for more information from her. Why do you think I'm doing that? I asked myself why questions and I made a plan and it worked. These things I'm telling you, I use all the time. And then the fifth thing is, what can you learn? You need to have a mindset of always wanting to learn. Your attitude should be one of, you're a learning being. We're always learning all the time. So what can you learn from the situation? How can you improve yourself? If your overarching attitude is one of, I can always learn, you, it's going to open you to a whole different way of managing life. So that, you know, when you are overthinking and overanalyzing, you're not really learning because you're just going in circles. Whereas if you deep think, you're actually learning. Point number six, last point that you can, that can help you make sure that you don't overthink and overanalyze is choose. Choose to stop being oversensitive and making assumptions and being a victim. That's not always the nicest thing to have to ask yourself, but really you need to ask yourself and be all guilty of doing this. And sometimes we've got ourselves into a really bad habit of being oversensitive and making assumptions and being a victim. You can never, ever know what someone else is really thinking. And being a victim is just going to make people resent you and it's going to make you resent yourself. And being oversensitive makes life very, very hard. So choose to stop being oversensitive and making assumptions and being a victim. So in summary, we have basically looked at the difference between overanalyzing and overthinking versus deep thinking. Overanalyzing and overthinking is negative, keeps you stuck, keeps you down a chaotic rabbit hole. And whereas deep thinking is constructive, it is proactive, it is analyzing, recognizing, learning, and moving forward. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leith. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.